0: Welcome to the Eric Schleim podcast, where personal development platitudes can get the hell out. Completely devoted to ontology, breaking down distinctions of human consciousness as an access to enhancing performance.
1: Here's your host, Eric Schleim. Hey, what's up up, everyone? It's uh, Eric Schlein with the Eric Schlein Podcast and uh, we have Abram Rivers back on. What's up, Abram? Hey, Eric. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, for sure, man. So I wanted to talk today about the difference between understanding something intellectually versus actually getting it and thinking about things of seeing what's there, trying something on and then discovering what and then either impacts your life or it doesn't. This being an ontological podcast, where I like to say that personal development platitudes need not apply, It's there really isn't many podcasts like this on the internet at all. And generally it's like, people listen to these personal growth shows and it's interesting. And just it's like most of these seminars, right? It's like, yeah, this guy or this gal, they'll be like, okay, here's some interesting principles and here's what to do. And of course, no one actually does them. And then, you know, a lot of interesting principles, but for you listening, it's think about how many people who like read all these self-help books and do all these seminars and they know a bunch of stuff, but the actual quality of their life has not changed that much. And that's actually the norm, not the exception.
0: We have uh, fantasies about having a better, having a better life, but we don't want to, and it's, it's the idea, it's the fantasy and what you're describing and what we're talking about is an idea versus an experience. And an idea is something I could say, hey, Eric, I have this idea. And it's like, and I'll tell you my idea. And you're like, what do you think? And you'll tell me what you think. And we'll play ping pong with that. And yeah. an experience, like something, an idea is something you or I will have, but an experience is something that it's, you don't, yeah. un, you can't unhave an experience.
1: Dude, it's so, it's, it's so true. One of the things I've been looking at recently, we were talking about this, actually it was last night, we were talking about this, was just being able to let things, you know, unfold like in a very natural way. And it's interesting because I think if you ask the average person, do you think it's important to force relationships or do you think it's important to allow things to unfold? Like everyone would say the latter. But so it's one of the things I've been looking at recently is where in my life do I not let things unfold? And what I saw out of that, since I've known about this for years, I think I'm pretty good already at not forcing things. However, telling myself I'm pretty good at not forcing things is not going to have me look at where I'm forcing things. There's always new places to look. So recently I got in this inquiry of, okay, where am I forcing things? Where am I not letting things unfold? And what I discovered is where I was not letting things unfold is where I am not having fun in certain connections. So it's like, Abram, let's say oh, I think you're awesome, which I do think you're awesome, and I was like, oh, I could totally see Abram becoming like one of my like close friends, which I can. If I was to now force my friendship with you because now I'm just dis- I become dissatisfied that we're not better friends than we are, it would right. get in the way of being friends. And I, and, I, and of course like duh, like everyone knows that. Like everyone listening, that was not a revelation what I just said. But it's the discovery of, okay, I have this thing that I, I wanted to go there. I can solve the intention that I wanted to go there. But then if it's naturally going to go there, then let me look at areas where I'm not having fun. And I literally have seen 100% of the time when I'm forcing things, it was when I get dissatisfied and I'm not having fun. So to, to fix my dissatisfaction, I try to force things. And in the forcing, I experience a dopamine hit. So there's actually some fun in the forcing.
0: Yeah, I can see that.
1: Even though, and then of course the upset when it doesn't go the way that I want it to go. And And what I've like discovered recently is that in those moments where I feel like I want to force something, I take a look and I go, is there merit to this relationship? Now, usually there is, right? I don't typically want to force things so there's no merit there, which is interesting. Now, I'm not saying everyone's like that, but that's for me how it is. Like, I don't typically want to force a friendship with someone that I can't see myself being friends with or that I can't right. see their like a real friendship potentially blossoming. However, or business, I see this a lot, right? Where it's, Oh, this guy could be an investor for me in a project, but it's just, if I don't see them as an investor, I have no even interest in forcing. Now I know I get not everyone's like that. Some people have the opposite, but for me, it's actually where there's merit is where I'll, I'll force it if I do force it. And what I'll see is, okay, I have this dissatisfaction. I'm not having fun. So therefore, if I just, we go out for dinner more, or I take you for golf or whatever it would be in those moments, I'm having fun and mm-hmm. it's cover. but really what it is, it's covering up the dissatisfaction. So when I can actually just genuinely have fun, like for instance, tonight, there's someone potential romantic relationship that I've been pursuing. And letting those, letting that unfold. And it's unfolding the way it's meant to unfold. And when I step back, there's a lot of merit there. So like tonight, actually after this podcast, like we're going to be playing like a board game online tonight. Like totally has nothing to do with dating, nothing to do with romance, nothing to do with sex. It's just a fun way to connect. And I can be okay right. with that because I know there's merit to our connection. I would not be okay with that if there was no merit to the connection. It would just be like, why am I playing a board game with this girl?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Where but like my natural instinct, if I was dissatisfied because we're not technically dating yet, it would be like, "Let I should just hop on an airplane tonight. Uh, Even though that's not actually the action that there's for me to take.
0: Well, I think that's there's a lot, there's a lot of depth in what you're saying. And ultimately we can't, we control is an illusion. And when we try to force an outcome, it's
1: I don't know. Hold on. Let's take a let's actually take a look at that. Yeah. See control control for me is more of just changing the input volume okay it was very soft if I'm for if i look right if I'm forcing something I lack control so anytime where I feel like I need to control is where mm. I don't have control right. but like it's the flip side you know if i'm have you been like white water rafting before?
0: I've been rafting and not in rapids like that, but I've, I've gone okay.
1: rafting a few times. So when you, so not in a rapid. So if you go on rapids, sometimes depending on how intense the rapids are, you can actually go out of the boat and your you kind of go free falling down the river. It's a lot of fun right. actually. And there's always this natural pull to want to move your body a certain way to control yourself. But right. the rapids will take you pretty quickly. And the way you have the most control in the rapids is actually allow the rapid to take you. And when you allow the rapid to take you, you can actually find yourself, be able to move your body quite easily. Like you have ultimate control through letting go of control. Now, the thing that's the, the caveat here is you need that river to flow you down, right? If, if there was no river, you'd just be sitting there. So I see this in the context of relationships. If I was just playing a board game, with a random girl off the street who i had nothing in common with it would just there'd be no point it would just be like why am i playing on board game with a random stranger it wouldn't lead to anything but if there's something if there's merit to a connection and deepening a connection allowing it to unfold the i see that it's like the merit of the relationship is the stream and i can allow myself to be pulled by the stream pulled by the merit of the relationship and then tonight, what there was for me to do is, oh, I think it'd be fun to play a board game with this girl.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think kind of well, cool there's outlook, so right? much. I love it. I love this yeah, analogy. Yeah, yeah. And I could dive deep in here, but no pun intended. But I think the ceasing <laughs> of that.
1: <laughs> you could dive <laughs> deep if, it, if, yeah. if that's where the river takes you. And I
0: think the ceasing of that control is there's a power in that. And, but but I, I, I guess I'm talking about ultimate control. There's internal, there's responding. There's internal control. But then there's external control like okay we could and, and i would say just for the i'm going to talk like big and little picture but little picture just with that interaction with a straight like having or sorry playing a board game with a stranger say the world was about to end and you're about to play a game like how would you have time to it is the space of that lack of control that allows the connection to happen you maybe you will fall in love maybe you won't but it's like right. the control ultimately the world we could do the first game in checkers and then they'll get hit by a comet and it's like that. So the control is like, and it's yeah. when we know we don't have control of the cosmos and we're just ants floating on a rock, the more we can actually see that there's power in powerlessness as you're described. There's when we actually let go of yes. and go with the momentum.
1: Yeah. And to take it back to the theme of, of this episode, like, I I think in personal development circles, everyone knows that. So it's, Mm. so I think like the practice isn't knowing that and speaking about that, but the practice is where am I forcing things? Where am I not letting things unfold? Where am I trying to control things that I actually have no control over? Where am I feeling drained every time I put energy into something? And when I look from that place and I discover what I see, now there's something I can do about it and and it actually right. it'll actually pull me into action
0: right and i i love that also just going down that rabbit hole this is what i was what i originally like when you talk about ideas versus experience take so me down that rabbit hole to, motherfucker to, yeah <laughs> this is what, like we're, we're like religion and belief coming with someone when i have someone so much says, to say about this but go ahead yeah when so i guess there's two sides of it for me more than two sides but in this context i when somebody asks me, do you believe in god what do you mean by believe what do you mean by god and what makes you think that we're using the, we point to the same things when we right. say those words right. and like in an eastern philosophy belief would be what you're doing it's not what you, it's not just a checklist it's, uh, i believe in this and i believe in that and it's it's like and I'm overdone it's like a belief in an Eastern context is very different. Yes. And what, and I think this points to the greater point of, we do this in self-help, we do this in religion, do this in science. It, like these dogmas of beliefs of what we say. And it, you can use the Bible as a brick and throw it at people and to make them wrong, or you can use the Bible as a way to love your neighbor. And, it's, and, and there's so there's much- You know so what's much- the
1: funny, Abraham, what's the funny thing is that the more you dwell in like these ontological domain and keep looking and looking and acquire wisdom, you'll start to understand the Bible. Rega- like, I'm not even Christian, but I don't know what your religion is, <laughs> right. if you're even religious, right. but like, you'll actually get the Bible better than most Christians who believe in the Bible. It's,
0: it, this is exactly it. And it, this is, I've discovered, I was reading scripture for the first time a couple of years ago, like before I got into ontology and after I <laughs> yeah. had my own transformation yeah. experiences, I really saw, I read, I was like, huh, like this is pointing to something. This is more than just like a literal truth. This is pointing to something that, trying to get and in and, and then i would watch and observe like maybe a pastor talking about a passage from the bible and they'll read it and every word they're saying is true right but it would be like a pilot describing how to fly a plane or how to mm-hmm. land a me, plane like but you never, land, they've been, they've, never They've, land. they've never let I, I know
1: dude i'm telling you there is <laughs> when i used to live in new hampshire there was a lot of these just like religious like total fucking nutjobs. And they were like, I, I knew this one kid named Josh and he was like his dad. was like a pastor. He'd go to church every Sunday, like hardcore, like into the Bible, which was like fine. And he would read the Bible every morning and blah, 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 blah. But you could tell, or at least I don't know anyone, but like I could tell he was literally like a guy talking about landing a plane who would never fucking landed a plane. And one day he was like, I was like, Josh, what are you reading? He's like, oh, I'm reading my Bible. I'm like, oh, cool. What part? Right. Like, that'd be nice to the kid. Right? Like, he's like, what part? And I don't remember what it was. And I'm just like, oh, wow. What I got is blah, 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 blah. And he looks at me. He's like, how did you see? How, wait, how did you pick that? You're not even, you're Jewish. You're not even, that's like high level, like pastor stuff. I'm like, dude, that's just like what I got from it. Because, but, it, And I'm not by any means like this theologian, but it's really interesting where like when you stop believing in the truth and you actually start looking to discover something for yourself, you can start. I've discovered a lot of these religious texts do come from original insights.
0: It, and Yes. And it, on that, when people wrote the Bible, they weren't writing a scientific dissertation. They were writing right. how with what was how they knew how to be in the best way they knew how to like it was a ritual. And, it's, right. and that's and like and an example of scripture I point to is Ecclesiastes. And that's okay. something that it's, I, I highly recommend reading it. Cause it's like kind of the nihilist. I'm always o- over general. I hope I don't get hate, hate letters, but it's like it if be
1: honestly, like the more hate letters you get, the the, the better you're doing. So if I can only pray to God tonight, I'm i going to pray. God, I'm going to pray for hate <laughs> letters tonight. Jesus. I love you. Amen. Bring on the hate, my friends. Okay, go ahead. There's I love hate. I actually do love hate mail. It's like well, some I, sick twisted thing I have, but. well,
0: I love to talk. I love to talk to people that I disagree with, but I'm not saying I know truth. But I'm saying what the. I
1: sometimes, but I'm gonna. will go back to that in a second.
0: Ecclesiastes <laughs> is like the nihilist chapter in the Bible. That a lot of Christians and, and you know Jews as well. There's a oh, lot of famous it. scriptures, but basically the story. I th- they think it was Solomon that wrote it. The son of David. Okay. Solomon wrote, uh, and he basically this is like an older man. Who was king for a long time? Had lived life with great wealth, like a bit more wealth than anyone ever had. It had multiple women, and had every had the, every had every type of tried. it's like an old man reflecting on how he tried to find happiness in every region of his life, having wealth, having land, having women, and like how it all came back to. And they use this phrase: meaningless, meaningless, meaningless.
1: Okay, and I know what your dig is. You're talking about yeah.
0: And it's so, it seems so dreadful and existential, but if, if you read it in Hebrew, meaning the, the word that they're pointing to is way more nuanced than just the English word meaningless. But in the context, okay, I, I was watching something about it. I forget the, the words described, but it's, it's very much like vapor. It's like mist, like, va- like it's like vapor. That's the more literal translation. It's like
1: misty okay. vapor.
0: And, but when I after I had my own my own day on the mountain, my, my big Damascus experience where I discovered myself for who I am, oh. let go of my identity, had this real ego death. I spiritual awakening is what I, I've called it, but I really saw when I read that chapter. It made it. it, it it's like it's the story of the small self and and the, and the uppercase S. Yes, self. and most totally. meaningless is the world from the small S self, and it's like, and it doesn't make sense. From an idea, it's only an experience that you'll no. get that. But it's who live their it.
1: entire life based on their identity. They'll never actually get that. They can understand right. and, but it, but they'll yes. never get it.
0: And that's why I highly recommend reading the chapter in that context. I have actually. It almost, it, I yeah, was, yeah, yeah. But it's that's it's the most beautiful thing because it, it sounds so like scary and nihilistic. Well, it's when beautiful
1: to us because we've actually are connected to that. Like we can look and get that experientially. Yeah. And you know, exactly, where if you talk like, to a lot of modern day Christians and you say, if you believe in the truth, it'll actually get in the way of you experiencing the truth. Most Christians will go, I disagree. It's so right. threatening. Mm-hmm. And they think that, you know what I've discovered and I've coached a lot of people like, who are very religious now too, is mm-hmm. that a lot of people who are religious, the way that religion is learned in our culture so I, the thing is, I have nothing inherently against religion at all. If you actually look at the original intent of religion, it was to discover truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where it's
0: become it's become about tribalism and seats in the pews. Yeah, actually, actually, you could say that religion
1: was to discover truth. Science was to deepen our understanding, but never get to the truth. Right? science you could actually say science is always hypotheses. Right. No, no good scientist goes, this is the truth. Right. It's always this is the hypothesis. This is our theory. until it's not theory. But with religion, it's looking for these truths. But it, what it, it's devolved into beliefs. You know, exactly. I believe in God. I believe that it's blah blah blah. And the problem is that you have a lot of these almost say Christians, but hardly really any religion, and the way they interact with their religion is very immature it's like they're a 6 year old talking and so
0: like it's all about tribalism where an ego lives in yeah. the crowd it's it's all the voice of the crowd right They're you could say
1: their ego their identity their small as self is someone of a religious individual. Right. And the whole joke about that is that'll actually get in the way of you experiencing what you would call God.
0: And I, and I think a scientist is as capable that as that as a dogmatic religious totally, person.
1: Totally. We're all, we're all well, look, there's, it's not a surprise that people who are like quantum physicists tend to be religious. No, not at all. That's not, not a coincidence.
0: Yeah. I, w- I want to share with you something. So this is something that I want to make to the point of the ideas versus experiences. I want to just like something that I've really profoundly experienced. I would, I would title this as like caterpillars don't speak butterfly. When I, when, when when I, (laughs) when I was like in college, when I was, Thought I knew myself. I was starting playing music, and girls were starting to notice me. And I was starting to get, yeah, I'm cool. I'm this. I'm that. You know that my identity was in its prime in, in college. And I yeah. feel like most people reached that point in college. But it was this Bob Dylan poem. My identity is
1: prime like, right now, actually.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, Dude, oh, I stroke my okay. ego on a
1: daily basis. But anyway. <laughs> <go ahead.
0: laughs> Fair enough. Well, my I'll say my small identity. Luckily, you can stroke your
1: ego really hard; it doesn't yeah. get sore. Yeah. I mean, go yeah. ahead. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well so i read this poem by bob dylan okay uh, last thoughts on woody guthrie yeah. and it rocked my world it made me feel it made me feel things that i didn't know words could make me feel it made me th- realize that there's like like socrates like all i knew is that i don't know there's something way bigger in in this cosmos and in this in, infinite vast universe that i can't even describe with words that i have and it was like this it cracked open the door for me to look and say, all I know is that I don't know. So I'm going to look and listen to people that I don't understand that I don't agree with because I don't know. And it was like this, this new North star. And like if Bob Dylan had wrote a song or a poem that was just like, you need to find God, you need to find yourself was like thank you like what, what, it's, uh, what do i do with that it's just because you tell someone you need to trick this it doesn't mean that it's and it is and i think this is where art
1: that would be works. really i'm sorry it would be a little, i just have this image <laughs> in my head right now bob dylan singing about you need to like <laughs> you need yeah, to find yourself yourself <laughs>
0: I, th- I think maybe that song needs to be written now, actually. You know what that impression is?
1: <laughs> that is that is my impression yeah. of Eric Cartman from South Park doing a Bob Dylan impression.
0: <laughs> I can see that. But like if Bob wrote a song, like the, I never would have. It was the questions he asked. It was the inquiries he was in that made me go, there's something way bigger. And I think that's what's true about an experience. Yes. Like the idea of religion is the idea of Jesus is not the same thing as the lessons he's pointing to. And yeah and I, and, and, and most christians
1: i have met do not get that
0: and I, and I i think that's because anger and fear are a lot louder than like i've met a lot of peaceful amazing christians but yeah. they're, they're not it's not like they're there's no such thing as like, i'm the most humble person i'm the most humble christian like they don't they're not loud kindness is not loud so yeah. I, i've met some amazing people it's just there's a lot of squeaky wheels
1: that's like anything really <laughs>
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. You know, you go to a, go to Walmart or the bar, and you'll meet, you'll meet some interesting characters, or anywhere. Go down the street, and meet some, or maybe your, yourself in the, tomorrow in the mirror. Yeah. <laughs> <You know>? Yeah. <laughs> but this, it's the I, the experience, though, is what what I, it it wasn't a new piece of knowledge. It right. was an experience. And then the that, thing is,
1: when you just when you actually allow yourself to experience what's there. There's nothing you have to do with the truth. You can just, you can allow it to use you. Like when I, like when I notice the proverbial river, the stream, whether, whether it's in a relationship or in business or whatever, and I get to see, oh, this is the thing that's moving me. I immediately let go. I don't have to. I, I actually, one of the telltale signs that I haven't done the inner work is when I have to go out of my way to let go and be unattached. Mm-hmm. does that make sense to you right yeah if so, i yeah, have to think did. about being unattached i'm actually attached so instead of focusing okay i shouldn't be attached to the result i need to let things be because i know all that they know all that doing that will always be it's like the whole whipped cream on shit thing it's just putting whipped cream on stuff so it's like, okay what's there what what am i know let me actually notice okay what conversations do i have about I'll give you an example, right? Like just the girl I was talking about earlier. If I was to actually look, what conversations do I have? Well, she's far. She's going to lose interest. Maybe she's not going to be interested if I wait too long. But then if I'm too forceful, then I'll freak her out. So I got to be passive. But then if I'm too passive, then I'm not going to be man enough. There's all those conversations. If Mm -hmm. I was to interact with those conversations, I'd be a total mess every day, right? Right. Now I'm a a mess. I'm I'm a mess for a few minutes every day. As opposed to like just a mess all the time, but it's just (laughs) how I am with love and romance. Because I'm at the end of the day, I'm I'm a hope like I'm a hopeful romantic, as I like to say. I love early Taylor (laughs) Swift music videos. I fucking cry to like early Taylor Swift music videos. I'm a sucker for like, and I love those fairy tale. I love fairy tale romance. I'm shame. I'm actually shameless that I love fairy tale romance. So when I see the potential for that, like, I just get so moved and inspired. I really do. <laughs> and like I listen to music and like occasionally I'll have like some tears in the car. Cause I'm like, so, Ooh, this is awesome. And then I feel like amazing. And I feel like a man and I can have all those experiences all on my own. So then I'm like, Oh, and then I am like, Oh, now I wish she was here with me and blah, blah, blah. And of course, cause this girl is halfway across the country. it for me of, Oh, what do I do about it? What do I do about it? Wait, So it's like the noticing is okay. Those are the conversations I have. Now, what's there? What's the, what's, where's the actual stream flowing me? And it's like, okay, there's, t- there's tons of merit and there's attraction and chemistry and there's lots of just getting along and it's fun. And then, and then like when I can notice that I'm in, I instantly feel relaxed instantly. And then it's, so like tonight I'm like driving, I'm like literally in the car, I'm driving I'm driving to the supermarket. Nothing significant or interesting about the supermarket. Just I happen to be driving to the supermarket tonight. And I'm in the car, and I'm like, I'm not gonna say her name, but it's like I, I sent her like a little note in the car. I'm like, hey, you want you want to play this board game tonight over the phone? We have like a like an app. And she's like, yeah, sounds great. So that was the action there was for me to take. I didn't have to go out of my way to let go and not be attached. And I should just take a plane tonight or take a road trip tonight and go see her and force my way through. There's There was no even need. I didn't even have the compulsion to do that. But on occasion, I do. And when Mm -hmm. I do have the compulsion, it's just noticing and just taking a look what's there. Because for me, there's a very distinct difference between having the compulsion and feeling the tension like I shouldn't be doing this versus Mm -hmm. I am pulled into action. This is completely aligned with my heart. Mm -hmm. And I'm only committed. The taking actions where there's alignment for me. I can take, and this goes with anything, romance and business, are, I'd say two things that I'm good at, right? Strong suit, I'm good at those things, which is somewhat of a problem because if I'm good at those things, I can get away half-fasting things and then I end up not getting what I want. Really, I, like if I want an investor, I could do some fancy investor presentation, butter them up and take them out to golf and I can get their money if I really wanted to. But when I just allow myself to enjoy who I'm being around, allow the merit of the relationship to develop. I know in my head, my average turnaround time is around two to three years. So when I meet someone, it takes typically two to three years before they'll ever invest. And I don't know who will be the people to invest. And I have 25 investors, but none of them came because I was like trying to get them to, to, to give me money, literally. Yeah. Well, I think and, 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 and look, my last, you know, twice, every yeah. single girl I've ever seriously dated and been in a relationship with, it wasn't like I allowed myself to just love the courting process. And quite frankly, if I don't love the courting process, she's not the girl for me.
0: I think that's beautifully said. And I think that kind of points back to what this, what we've been talking about. It's right. like the chase and the experience is not, it's not the destination. <laughs> it's the idea of yes. the destination. Yeah. The chase is the experience.
1: Totally. I think that like when we're attached to something that really isn't good for us. That's where we get screwed up about it. Because when you actually allow yourself to look at the stream, you see the stream isn't going towards that individual or that circumstance.
0: And, it, and that's the thing is when we're attached, like we won't see some, we won't even see someone who's actually better for us.
1: Well, we're, it's, well, if you're unwilling to look, you won't.
0: Exactly. So I'm saying, so when you're like, you're going against the stream, it's like naturally heading over here to something even better than you can even imagine. Yeah. And you're just like, no, I'm going this way. I'm going this way. I'm going this way. It's, yeah. you're going to find what you're never going to be real with yourself and you're never going to reach your potential.
1: Dude, I will tell you, it's interesting. I'm, I'm seeing how, like how where I'm really good at something can, could screw me up mm-hmm. where I'm really bad at something has been beneficial because if I'm really bad at something, I can't get away half fasting right? like I'm really bad at, at doing jobs that I hate. So I was forced into entrepreneurship very easily because i just couldn't even take a job i hated there was no part of my identity that was attached to a job i hated to make more money huh. it's and i remember i always remember feeling like a freak for that and and i and i it really hit me when i read the 4 hour work week by tim ferriss and he talks about how like the only like, real job he ever had was like run a lemonade stand because he like couldn't t- he like would get like too like overwhelmed having an actual job right <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's me. That's totally me. And then I saw, oh, this is actually a gift that I have that I can't handle this. I really wish, I really wish, but like there's a part of me that like wishes I was like terrible with people. Cause then like I couldn't force anything, (laughs) you know? (laughs) What I mean? Like I know dudes, for instance, like I'm a little envious. Like I know dudes who are like really awkward and like just like really shy and horrible with people and they complain about it. But I'm like, dude, you have your complaint is like the opposite of my complaint where it's like, yeah you might be like shy and like a little awkward and like weird but the business relationships you end up with are going to be like perfect for you without you having to like try if, if you the boyfriend or the girlfriend that you find is going to be amazing for you because they were forced to like who you really were because you couldn't be another way you couldn't even fo- you couldn't force it to make it work <laughs> so it's right. like that it's, i always tell people like <laughs> i've not i've had I, I have actually a lot of friends that are just girls too and i've had a few of like my like platonic female friends who are like oh, i'm like so awkward and shy and like blah, blah and they like, complain about it and i'm like dude like that that like weakness is also your gift like the fact that you can't be another way any guy that wants to ask you out is asking you out because he's into who you are not for some persona right. you put on You, you actually aren't able to manipulate and force your way in. We're like, I know some women who are like very spicy and fun and you meet them and it's intoxicating, but they're putting on an act. And a lot of those women who I've known personally have a really hard time actually like locking down a serious relationship because the foundation they're walking into is all from this like attachment neediness. Oh, please date me. So they find someone to date them, but it's on a stupid foundation, so it doesn't ever last.
0: Yeah, it's based on projected insecurities, Eggs, like a reflection yeah. of the, It's like a reflection of their insecurities on the other side, and it's you're gonna you're gonna attract the opposite of your insecurities, the, the perfect puzzle piece of your insecurity is, is, It's like a relationship is you're gonna you're gonna get with how you are when you're with yourself is what you're gonna get in your. life. It's not like your relationship no, will solve sure. anything. It's like and it's what you bring to your yeah your, your alone time when you're bored but Song you're...
1: songwriting is like that is actually like that for me i'm a really good songwriter because i'm such a bad musician if i was a good musician <laughs> i'd be worse. i would i'm sure i'd be a worse songwriter because i could just cover up bad songs with like amazing guitar licks right i'm so I bad at like, but it's so funny people like people think i'm so good at guitar i'm sure you wouldn't think i was good at guitar but like people who don't play guitar think i'm really good at guitar and i'll be like no, I'm terrible. I'm just a really good songwriter. So you think I'm good at guitar? That
0: that that's what it's about is saying something. And that's and I think that I feel like if I was early. if I feel yeah.
1: like if I was really good at guitar, it would be much mm. harder for me to write good songs because every time yeah. I like had writer's block, I'd be like, okay, fancy guitar lick, and then I like get attached and I force it through. I can't force through a good song. If I like force through a song, at four chords that are stupid.
0: <laughs> and I think that this is a. Uh for me this is like a philosophy in, in playing music is less it's like less is more and or it's i'd rather have three notes that transcend my experience of being human than have a million notes that yeah. are just a bunch of just a bunch of masturbating which is just playing you know, just, there's some guitarists that are amazing technically but it's i want them to stay something with what they every note that they add has a purpose and yeah. and i think and for me that's what it's like everything in life is it's just having that. Everything isn't has an intention or serves a function in the greater grand cosmic grand symphony. And I and there's I could go back to the scripture about we're always capturing it, catching up with our ideals.
1: Yeah, well, here and, I'll, you know, I'll we just these, wrap this up by saying to put this full circle that to find that intention, and this is actually something that I feel like Landmark does a really bad job at. Is how like in Landmark, like after you do the forum, it's like oh, create what you want to make your life about, and like all that, or create your future. And I see so many people in those circles and just personal development circles, like in general, like, oh, here's my purpose. Here's what I'm creating. And it's who's doing the creating. Is this just more of your like identity stuff? Or is this what you're pulled to create? And Landmark does not really distinguish that. And there's a huge difference between, oh, like you ever, you ever have like, I know for me, like writing music, the best songs I've ever written came to me and then I just wrote them out. Like some of the best songs I've ever written are like I did in 10 minutes, or like There were songs I worked on right. for like three years and were like, just terrible. So if I'm forcing myself to create something, it's who's the one actually creating, is this like me just trying to push something through or is this really like coming through from my heart, from my soul, whatever you want to call it from a source energy. And that is a deductive conversation, like less is more. So it's like when you don't want to be attached to an outcome, looking at strategies to not be attached or like f- telling yourself not be attached or let me let go. That actually doesn't work. It just becomes whipped mm-hmm. cream on shit, but it's like, notice, okay, where's that stream? Where's the natural flow? Where I, What's in the way of that? What actions am I taking in the way? What concerns do I underlie have that are having me take those actions? Oh, I have a thing called if I don't talk to her tomorrow, then she might lose interest. Like I used to have that concern when I was in like in college and then I would text a girl every day until it suffocated her. But it's, and there's nothing right. inherently wrong with texting someone every day. But where's it coming from? Is it coming because you want to keep them around or is it coming because you have something you want to share with them?
0: Right. Well, is it coming from neediness or is it coming from a fun adventure exploration? Of-
1: but the difference is, let's say it's coming from neediness, which like you can always feel when you're being needy to then right. be like, okay, I'm not going to take action, not going to take action, not going to take action because I don't want to be needy neediness is still running you. You haven't actually got to the source of the neediness because right. it's not, because the source of the neediness isn't the neediness. It's usually, Oh, I have this thought called if I don't text her today, she may lose interest. Oh, I'm the one that created that thought. That's not even inherently true. And now the neediness disappears. You don't have to do anything. Right.
0: Yeah, no, it's the, it's true. And it's, we do this a lot where we get caught up in the symptoms and actually don't even acknowledge or look at the source. And I feel like this is oh, very, I know. I know. This, oh, this is where I would distinguish between East and West. It's like West, we're very good at having, identifying with our disorders out here. We're very good at-
1: Oh God, don't even get me started on that. That's a whole other- Holding the that's truth all, out here. Dude, that's a whole other episode. I want to do an episode <laughs> on that actually at some point. I'm going to write that down because that's there's so much to unpack around that. And then of course I'm going to totally. be- you know, ridiculed for shaming people with mental illness or something like that. Yeah. That's the next attack that I have on me, but that's okay. I feel like
0: everybody, like we can discover, we all can find, you know, what our inquiry to what our calling is. And I think no matter where you find it, it's like, you have to have the courage to do it yourself and to actually be real with yourself.
1: Yeah. I would encourage people listening to this who like, feel like they want to give me like a threat or an insult. Is, and please, by the way, if you want to insult me or comment publicly negatively about me, please do. You're more than welcome to do it. It's the internet. You can say whatever the hell you want about me. However, I will say, with with if you are listening to this, you probably want to grow too in your life. So, like wherever you feel like you want to attack me for something, like notice like where you're being triggered because that's actually the place to look. So you can still attack me. It's fine. If You want to say like I'm fat shaming or you know, I hate people who are depressed or i I was. I'm sure someone's going to think that what I said was misogynistic in some weird twisted way. That's fine. But then you want to look at what triggered you, like what set you off? Because when I know for me, like when I'm complete with things and I'm really just settled about whatever I'm settled about, like I'm not getting triggered by some, by by that. If someone like Abram, if you were like, yeah, I think it's great to kill people. I'd be like, all right, I don't think it's great to kill people and I don't want to associate with you, but I wouldn't be like all triggered by it.
0: I, I actually i have a personal story that about what like what just talking about fat shaving specifically yeah, where yeah, i yeah. saw i was triggered in my life this is really relevant so like when i was younger i was overweight when i was young. between fourth and fifth grade I, I gained some weight and yeah i remember my my grand i lived in north northern california my grandparents lived in southern california but i was visiting my my grandparents and i, I was staying at their house in culver city and i had my i think i was went swimming or something but i had my shirt off and my grandpa just like a you know, really sweet old Jewish guy. It was just say yeah. kind of loving. They just say, "Hey, you're putting on some pounds there, buddy. You're like putting on some weight there." And, and I heard it as like, "I'm fat and I'm and I'm bad." And I like, but it was like where dude, I was I had like
1: the same thing. I had victimized
0: by thing.
1: it. And yeah, I dude. I, I, and he had to yeah. say
0: something, and, and it was like I felt so bad later. It's like he was just being fun and loving, and the oh. old man just say it was like he did in his day. But it's that's like the trigger is. I, my, my emotions were real that I was upset, but I made it up that he was right. any foul intent.
1: Yeah, totally. And I think one of the places that really creates toxicity in our culture is when the, that behavior, not only like gets tolerated, but then you start blaming the person that made you trigger. Like, let's say you were, we were in the workplace mm-hmm. and you got all, like all upset by that. And then I like suspended the guy that said that to you. So all right. that, and like the impact on that is now it makes people afraid to say anything because if you offend somebody, which assumes intent, right? Like he might've just been pointing out, but you assumed like this victimization intent. The moment you go from dealing with what's actually happening to assuming negative intent, you instantly create a toxic environment. And then that's the whole political correctness culture that that we deal with. And it's really sad. And it's like a very, just like a low level of self-awareness and the the more you make that to try to control having the safe space, the more unsafe it actually becomes for people to share.
0: That's that's the irony and like the the kind of the unintended collateral harm of because it's all in the in the name of making the protecting people. Uh, and, and, and it actually harms
1: people in the process. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's it's the whole joke of irony. it all.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's and then there's definitely it's funny, I I don't take any affiliation to, to either one side of any political argument, but I see this as a very much owned by the left, the, the political correctness. It, it, it,
1: it generally is. It generally is, right? I would say it would be more like people on the right who would be upset about some of the religious stuff that we've talked about. Right. But, it, but in terms of like the political correctness, who's offending each other and victim culture, that that is generally the left.
0: Yeah, and I think it's a blind spot, and, but it's also an opportunity. Yeah. And it's like... Which just, like, show, let's just shows experience. the tribalism.
1: What does like leftist ideas... Actually, maybe, maybe there is some correlation. But like the fact that let's say even you're socially more progressive, right? Like what does thinking that two gay people being okay getting married have anything to do with like being offended, right? Like they shouldn't have anything mm-hmm. to do with each other. Yeah, but of, and, and it's
0: exactly. Yeah, I know. And it's, it's, there's, the,
1: there's the tribalism aspect.
0: and it, But it's like the, the political correctness is overlooking taking responsibility for where we are triggered. And i that's something I discovered for me in my whole identity story of where I don't belong I was collecting evidence that I don't belong and it's like yeah. everything people would say was a, something against me and it's, like, oh, maybe they just said it because they said it. Maybe you no. Know, and uh, this is like an old adage as well, but hurt people hurt people. And it's everyone's saying things that they're saying and maybe they intended harm. Maybe they didn't, but like, why are you getting, why are you letting them harm you? And even why if you...
1: they did intend harm, who the fuck cares? Yeah.
0: yeah like if you're letting them you, it's like the same thing with res- resentment. Is resent this is one of the best definitions of resentment I've ever heard is you drinking the poison and waiting for the other person to die.
1: And it's It's true.
0: It's something that we a toxicity that we have not distinguished collectively. And it's something collectively, absolutely
1: not. And the impact of not distinguishing that is we create these very toxic workplaces and they start it gives people in HR departments more power, but it 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 doesn't really forward society. It, I would actually say it it, it holds things back because it, it prevents conversations from getting worked out. Really? Like, like it would be way it would be way more progressive if I was to say, Hey, you gained a few pounds there, buddy, and you were like yeah. you got triggered, and you're like, No, actually, you're right, I did. And then in that moment yeah. you can like actually just own it, like, you know, oh man, I'm a fat fuck. And that's fine, <laughs> or I can do something about it. But you're not right. actually and, and then if you meant it as an insult or not, even if you, if you meant that as an insult you've removed that power. So you can't be insulted. Right. And if they didn't mean right. it as an insult, which they might not, and it might just be saying you're yeah. fat. Then you can like, do something about it. But yeah. You know what? I should probably get in shape and take care of my life. And then you could say, yeah, you know, like I totally got triggered by that. And then I actually saw that I have this whole thing about being fat. <laughs> and it came from when I was like, in, you know, little and people didn't like me and they made fun of me and I'm just not being responsible for my health. And like, now I see that. So thanks for pointing that out. And then, like it's yeah, complete, right. and like you move, fuck yeah. Well, that's, but instead, that's exactly it's, it. hey, you gain a few pounds, and you get a call from HR. Yeah, you were harassing people. We need to fire you or have a restraining order. It's it's it's, it's so insane,
0: right? You know, and I think like just tying back to truth and experiences, like we we will ascribe truth to our labels, and and I think yeah. that's a lot of where the trap is, and it's we nobody owns truth. It's true. And, and think, that's true. And I think and that's <laughs> nobody owns it. Right. And I think that's, you're entitled to your own thoughts. You're entitled to your own feelings. And you, and, and I agree. Everyone should have their own right. values, but it's like, you don't own, it's, you don't own truth. It's right. like, you can you can't have anything over or over under anybody else because you it's, you're just an ant on this flying rock here.
1: <laughs> yeah yeah i have way more respect for someone who's an idiot and an asshole who's just gonna be like open with like their shit than some like weak man who's like passive aggressive and politically correct who's wearing a man bun and a vegan and those people actually are way more dangerous for society I-
0: ironic but yeah regardless of you have a man bun or not if you're ascribing
1: you get what i'm coming a Way from. to be
0: yeah I oh well, I, I know I'm just I I get it. There's man a, buns a, can be obnoxious. There is a, and, there is and, a, and, a, look, a line. you a fucking man there's bun. I, I don't give
1: a shit. But like,
0: there's a line between a man bun that works and doesn't. I get it. I'm I'm, I'm <laughs>
1: doing that to make a point. You get what I'm. You get what I'm. Saying. I know.
0: I'm just kidding. But but I, I told. No, and you know, know what? Totally to all the kidding.
1: listeners with man buns, why offended? Fuck you.
0: <laughs> just a hashtag fuck man buns. Yeah. You know. Yeah.
1: I think your man buns look disgusting and I still want to honor your right to wear a man bun. And I'm going to get those disgusting. Your, your
0: right in, you're, yeah. you're entitled to your man buns. And, it, and, and
1: some girls think that's sexy and good for them. I just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well
0: I, I think it's, I think it's awesome to like to look at the conversation of our ideas and that no matter what our ideas are of the world and our worldview that we ascribe what I, we believe on somebody else we've already lost. We're already creating toxic. It, We're just, it of, is, like,
1: exactly. It's, yeah.
0: That's the wrong question to ask. It's, yeah. It's like that's the real, that's the I real.
1: Believe? Yeah. It's like the people who talk about toxicity, um, like, Oh, you're being so toxic. You're being so toxic. I'm like, dude, you're offended by every fucking thing. Like I don't go around telling people how offended and how toxic people are being. Like the people who actually are talking about it are the ones that like are the, the issue. There's a
0: lot. There's a lot. There's of a
1: psychological term that for that and called self-projecting,
0: we, and we look for in the world what we see in ourselves, or we don't want yeah. to see in
1: ourselves. I guarantee you that Nelson Mandela wasn't walking around being like, "Hey, I think you're you're a racist. You're a racist. You're a racist." Or I Martin Luther definitely. King, I'm sure, wasn't doing that either. And, and, as opposed to yes, it's important to like distinguish conversations we have around race and understanding historical roots and where people have disempower disempowered but then it devolves to you oh, you are racist so the way you said that I mean, it's just, you remember, it's, dude you're the most judgmental motherfucker on the planet stop it that does not forward irony. anything I, I know it's like they don't it's like it's like, it it does it's, like yeah. you calling people like the, the idea that you're assuming intent is who's the one being doing the judging mm-hmm.
0: We're, we and that's our smallest self being judge jury executioner and it's no we, know. we don't and it, it's funny we're, we're very quick to not give compassion and to so we do the same thing to ourselves but oh, it's what no. we're so but yeah. we're what noise and here's a funny thing in or call it irony or funny or whatever but the things that we're most triggered by are usually something that we do that and that's like the where you really have something to look at we don't even want to and i don't blame people for not wanting to look at it but at least take responsibility for you know. The impact that you're giving on well, others there's, there's in there's every that, situation.
1: The, there's the aphorism. If you spot it, you got it. You ever heard that term?
0: Oh, I've, I've heard that. Like Henry Ford has a saying. It says, whether you believe it to be, whether you think you can do it or you think you can't, you're right either way. Yeah. And it's, like, it's the same thing. If whatever you believe you're going to look for and you're going to see what you're gonna and you're going to do. Like, the, that's well, like my,
1: my whole thing is I can always see how judgmental people are being because I'm a judgmental motherfucker. Like my smallest self, super judgy. So when I'm like, oh, that person's yeah. judging me. That person's being judged. I was like, well, I'm the one judging them about being judgmental, <laughs> actually. Because <laughs> there's lots of people, right. right, who go around the world. Like, they go into rooms. And like, you get the most judgmental people and they won't even see it. Because they're right. just like loving people and ju- not judging people. Where I'm like, literally. really like, good oh, at seeing like, oh, others. He's so judgmental. That person, that girl's so judgmental. He's so, yeah, he's, he's the way he's talking to that person, he's totally, so, wait, I'm the one judging them about intent. Like, for all I know, they didn't right. have a conversation.
0: Well, and, th- and I think that's the practice. And I think that's the right. thing that you've created a structure for yourself is we're very good. It's, we're all experts at seeing it o- in others, but not in ourselves. Uh, and it's, that's what it takes is really looking in the mirror. Like maybe yeah. I'm not taking responsibility for my actions and my thoughts and my feelings. And oh, oh dude,
1: that- it's like that alone would would make such an impact for society. It's, if, it, if you said that to me and I was like, oh, you're overwhelming me right now. It's, no, I'm feeling overwhelmed. <laughs> And then I'm blaming you. It's like you said what you said. And that left me feeling overwhelmed. So there's something for me to look at that, that because you could say that same shit to someone else and they don't feel overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. You no, know, I hate, I, I, I the, the fact that people don't realize that emotional states are you have nothing to do with other people is to me, that's common sense. So that was just raised like that, or like sticks and stones. I break my bones. Or right. it never hurt me. Like when I was like five, Kind of forgotten right. as a culture but uh, I, I see it well i
0: think i just i just had a thought for another episode in the future yeah what's that uh, right, where we're, we're, we're swallowing your pride i have a story a really good story about that oh,
1: it's better to swallow it than spit it out well,
0: it's, i love that that's awesome
1: yeah so, no, that's a, why they, I that's had a why a very they're... big
0: lesson lesson in forgiveness i really had to swallow my pride and it was like <laughs> and it was also like alleviating all the suffering yeah that you know
1: yeah. All right. I think it's a good. I think it's a good place to, to end it for uh, tonight because we could go on. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. This is a good. This is a good conversation.
0: Absolutely. I appreciate the conversation.
1: Yeah. Likewise, man. Yeah. It's so refreshing having you on and being able to actually explore actual ideas. I've, you know, when I first started this podcast, like some, I'm not going to say which ones, but some of my earlier episodes, it's just, I'm going to, I keep them up. Cause I don't, some podcasters, they like, they only want to put up the things they like and like, I'll put up my garbage too. I'm not going to take it down if I don't like it, but, and it's an evolving process, right? I mean, like when I started my investing process, like podcasts, like my earlier episodes, it's like, eh, this isn't really what I'm going for, but I had to do that to adjust. And I feel like tonight, I really, this is kind of going forward guys. This is like the nature of the show and less of the pretense and bring someone on to talk about how like awesome they are about everything. So we've had some of that. I had a guy on I you we know, don't I will name names here because it's just so stupid. There's an there's an episode it was one of the most recent episodes I did. This guy's on talking about like neurochemistry, which like isn't even an actual thing. Like he he made up the word. And then I was like what what books could I read like to like learn about it? And they couldn't give me any books. He's like being totally vague about the whole thing, couldn't answer any of my questions. And I and I published it. And the guy's such an idiot that, like, he thought the he like thought the interview was great. And I'm like, you realize you make yourself look like a dumbass. But I published it, and the reason I published it was, I you don't, know, I don't want to take bullshit on my show. Like, I'm, as you notice, like I question things. Like, if it's, what do you mean by that? And and you can't answer that. Like, <laughs> something odd odd about that. You're like, oh, if you're like, yeah, I have a strategy. Oh, what's your strategy? What's an interesting strategy? I think strategies are interesting. Let's talk about strategies and if you were doing that, I'd be like, dude, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. But some people hide behind that shit, so they can expose themselves. It's fun having you on because you're actually like doing shit and, and at the source of stuff, and not just like your head's in the clouds too, but it's not just in the clouds. So we can actually like be grounded yeah, in something. I
0: think oh, I think that's the beauty in partnership. I think McCartney wouldn't be able to go as far without L- take Lennon going. Oh, hell
1: clouds. no. I think, Mc- I'll be honest. I think McCartney sucks by himself. I think Lennon. Well, that's ball- my point. Like, that's I my lo- point. I actually think McCartney is the worst Beatle. Like, I think Ringo's just, you can't hate Ringo. Like, just to be honest. Right,
0: I think the sum of Lennon and McCartney is better than you- either one of them. And, yes. just- and that's what I'm saying is it needed, John Lennon went out in the clouds and Paul McCartney grounded him. And I think that's it's like, I think you need to go in the clouds. Yeah. Somebody has to. But that's what but I will say. Comes.
1: Lennon's still pretty damn good on his own, too.
0: Oh, he's awesome! Yeah, he's awesome. I just think like, that partnership is. I'm actually really excited about the Beatles. There's a new documentary, that oh, I'm do. so
1: excited for that.
0: You saw that trailer, like, it's, yeah. I never knew that footage existed. Okay, I Abr- like, Abram,
1: I, l- I saw the trailer and I started crying. I might be the yeah, only trailer same. I've ever, I've, I <laughs> like, I actually started crying watching the trailer. Yeah. Right? I was like how did I was, this, this exist yes yeah
0: i had no idea i have no idea but but i think that will accentuate a lot of people's theory because that's priceless to be a fly on the wall while the beatles are
1: oh, are, are,
0: are writing and collaborating and it's it's insane but well, I, did you but ever I watch see...
1: the, the beatles anthology dvds that came out like was like 15 I've years watched ago. Some
0: of ago i have not no i mean i've heard all the it's songs, long it's really watched... it's eight hours
1: it was yeah, really good yeah, yeah. you watch it once yeah it was really good yeah, 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 yeah. i have a feeling this is going to be better
0: oh i me too i am shocked i never knew this footage existed where did it come from
1: like how is it just it was in a
0: i think it was literally in a vault they did a documentary when they shot they had the rooftop sessions, but i think it's also the album i don't remember i think it was the last album they did but they have three weeks to do an album and like they had a documentary being shot and i don't know who owned the footage but they put it away and never like how does that of course that happens to the beatles the most like mysterious like band like the writing process, and it's all like a legend. You know, maybe maybe
1: we'll find out that Paul really did die.
0: I, I, this is the documentary that it'll be in. Man, it's just
1: all right, <laughs> like, like the new Paul. So, guys, you know.
0: So I'm the old Paul. I him, him, him and <laughs>
1: Kaufman are hanging out on an island somewhere.
0: Totally, I, I could see it. <laughs> but I, but that would I be like, that would I
1: be think... like a twist for the world.
0: It, it would catch everybody <laughs> off guard. Like I at that, that at that point, we'll the world. Should,
1: I honestly. If, if we find out that old Paul exists and is still alive, now he didn't even die. He just was like, didn't get along with the band. So they had to like kill him off somehow. Right, And then make just... a conspiracy about it to move people away. And then Andy Kaufman goes to hang, like was like best friends with him. So he has to fake his death to hang out with him. And then we find out that's true. At that point, the world should actually just end. I think that's like a great way for the world <laughs> to end at that point.
0: <laughs> it reminds me of the, the SNL sketch with, with uh, What's his name? Chris Farley. Chris Farley mm-hmm. was fake interviewing Paul McCartney. He's like a TV host. He's like really nervous. He's like, "Are you really dead?"
1: Like, <laughs> nope. He's like, "Nope." And he's like, "No, I'm alive." Very, very. Oh, I'm alive. Exactly. <laughs> I feel but, like uh, all. I feel like all the Beals would answer that question differently too.
0: Oh, totally. And I, but like what we were saying,
1: if, if George was answering, I'd be like, "What is being dead?"
0: Yeah, what you What know? is being dead? Are we really living? Yeah. <laughs> Are we really alive?
1: <laughs> right, right, and then John would be like, "I think people are walking corpses." I think, yeah. Just Am like, I? Well, maybe you got a punch in the walking face. Dead. And find, and, walking and find and find out, and then Ringo would be like, "Dude, that would be the different responses." <laughs> so I I think well, I think two there and, and then Pete Bass like, would be at his apartment, apartment being like, "Guys, why aren't you, I'm alive? <laughs> guys, I'm here.
0: <laughs> I'm alive, everybody." I think that's but to that point of the Beatles, that partnership of Lennon yeah. and McCartney paul grounded <laughs> lennon and they were both and we we're all better off for it
1: dude this is gonna be like the after hours interview like I'm, I'm gonna clearly stop this before but i'm gonna publish i'm gonna publish like the irish line podcast after hours and it's just gonna be this conversation yeah. afterwards hey yeah, dude totally shit. <laughs> cool all right man have a good night this is fun we'll talk yeah, soon all, all right good, man see you man all right night Bye. man